I do think the fact that Auburn has really ramped it up here these, this last week with, with what has gone into the portal at the quarterback spot is pretty telling. The, the wind would seem to be blowing towards Auburn getting a new quarterback based on – because it was, it was looking more bleak in that regard before the very end of the portal when both Thorne and Thompson jump in – you know the final the final few days that the portal was open. Although Casey Thompson, I suppose, could be a graduate transfer, and the portal window wouldn't be as important to him because of how long he's been in college football. But both of those guys really changed the complexion of the spring mm-hmm. window in in the portal. And uh, no, I, I agree with you. The adversity that Robbie Ashford faced as Auburn's quarterback last year was real, and it was unique. And it was different than I think most quarterbacks face in a season as far as everything uh, that, that, was, that was swirling around the program and the changes he had to make on the fly oh, for sure. yeah. week, week to week. And hey, having, hey, having – oh, go, go ahead. I'll say this. Also, the injuries are a real thing. And keep in mind, both of these guys that Auburn's gone after in the portal or you know, at least with Casey Thompson and the potential of – Okay. Both of those guys have dealt with injuries this past year. Casey Thompson had sh- surgery on his shoulder, uh, his throwing shoulder, that kept him off the field for most of the spring at Nebraska. And Peyton Thorne told people in the spring that he played through a lot uh, to you know this past year, which was, I think, part of the reason why Michigan State wasn't so good on offense, other than the fact that you know Kenneth Walker wasn't there anymore. And we're both old enough to remember Zach Calzada. Right. Yeah. This is a guy that Auburn. Yeah. This is yeah. a guy that Auburn signed a year ago, coming off an injury, believing I think internally and and around. I mean, I mean, if we'd pulled the beat writers first week of May last year, who was going to be Auburn's starting quarterback? I think Zach Calzada wins in a runaway as far as where Probably, it was going to yeah. go, and and Zach Calzada ended up never taking a snap for Auburn in large part because of that injury that set him back uh, when, when he ended the season for Texas A&M. So you're right, there's, there's a lot of variables there, uh, but I would think that uh, the, even, even having acknowledged the adversity that Robbie Ashford faced, I would still, you know, you've got to concede that both Thorne and Thompson have a much stronger track record as Power 5 quarterbacks than Robbie Ashford does even if you're rooting for Robbie Ashford even if you because we get this on the drive fans that are sentimental and want Robbie Ashford to triumph as Auburn's quarterback someday it would make a heck of a story it really would but I don't know if you freeze you know listen yeah and listen the other thing about Robbie he was one of the top five running quarterbacks in college football last year there I mean there there he is a weapon he is a weapon if he can just get that passing to SEC starter quality, you can see where there's a lot to like about it. But that is just that's just a big what if. And now with TJ Finley in the portal, I think if you're Auburn, you want to have at least a quarterback, even if, like say Casey Thompson or Peyton Thorne, either one of those guys come in, they're favorites to start, right? I would think they would be the batting favorite to start. However, they're gonna come in and they're gonna have to battle. And it's going to take a lot of learning pretty quickly to be the starter. And so at the very least Get these guys who can give you some competition because they're leaving their spots. Casey Thompson, in the, in, the, in the case that Jeff Sims is going to be the guy at Nebraska, Peyton Thorne had to go through a quarterback battle at Michigan State. It'll be very interesting to see what happens there. There's word that Michigan State still would like to keep him until it wasn't like, hey, dude, you're definitely not going to be our quarterback next year. You would just love a fourth quarterback to come in and, and compete at the very least with the portal if you have that spot. 
Yeah, I would not. I was not monitoring the Michigan State quarterback situation very closely. The sense I get is that that battle was pretty open as mm-hmm. spring ended, and you, you know you can read the tea leaves, right, and think, okay, well, the upperclassman quarterback is going into the portal. The maybe. fact that they opened it up was was a sign, right? And and the fact that he's he's now in the portal makes you think, well, maybe it was trending away from him at the end of spring practice. I, I don't know. You know, it's, again, pretty, pretty far removed from that situation. But you're right. It does seem like Auburn is battling. I'm struck by how similar on the surface Thompson and Thorne seem to be, right? It's, you know, just yeah. as the completion percentages aren't far apart. Nope. Uh, and both of them are, are maybe moving on because there was a question as to how much playing time they were going to get this late in their careers at their current schools. I even saw a draft website that had them like right next to each other in the rankings for draft eligible quarterbacks in 2024. So I, I do, you know, I, I wonder if there's a strong feeling internally as to one of them being better than the other. When I say internally in the Auburn program, among Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery and the Brain Trust, you know, do they think that one of these quarterbacks gives Auburn a much better chance to win than the other? And I don't think the gap is that big. I, I just think, you know, naturally you're going to have a preference, and I would not be surprised if Thorne ends up being that preference. Moving on, there was a report recently that Auburn is going to play Indiana in basketball in what is going to be uh, the new uh, this year's edition of the Holiday Hoops Giving. That was according to John Rothstein. He reported that back on April uh, 29th. Auburn and Indiana will play a neutral site game in Atlanta this December. Multiple sources told College Hoops today. There is no timetable on an official announcement. An official date is also TBD. Dan... There's always the talk of the Blue Bloods and, and the jokes about the Blue Bloods in, 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 in relation to Auburn basketball. Uh, but, man, if you talk about just the prestige and the attention that comes with playing Indiana basketball, um, this ought to be a really fun one. No, dis- I mean, they played Memphis. Um, Nebraska two years ago was not a, was not a banger of the, that Atlanta matchup. But Memphis, obviously a big basketball program uh, with a lot of history and a lot of, and a lot of tradition. Auburn's going to get that again this time around uh, in Atlanta against uh, what should be a, a really good uh, uh, Indiana team. Right, and I would imagine the Indiana fan base will travel. It's almost a shame this isn't a home-and-home home because that's a storied gym. Oh, yeah. And that, that, that's a, you know, when a big game in Bloomington is a, a, a sight to see in college basketball. And when there's a first-time, big-time opponent uh, at, at Neville Arena. The, the Auburn fan base really turns up. So I think that's uh, – it, it'll be great because Auburn has the kind of support in Atlanta uh, that we've seen over the last few years. Won't be Auburn's only game in Atlanta uh, this season, I, I believe. Right. Yeah, the, the Georgia State game is on the schedule this year. Auburn's going to go play uh, – speaking of the Sun Belt, Auburn's going to go play at Georgia State's arena in its second year of existence over by the former Turner Field in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Looks like a, I, I've only driven by. I've driven by it a couple of times. It looks like a very nice facility. Hey, did y'all did y'all get to there? That yeah, one? I, I I called the second women's basketball game that Georgia, the second in conference game uh, that Georgia State played. Troy went up there and won, and it was a it's a really nice.
nice arena with some uh, some t- it, it reminiscent of Neville. Actually, I think you know folks who check it out could could see some some similarities there. There's a a big window on one side that provides a view of downtown Atlanta uh, that Very can cool. be uh, that can be really scenic. And so yeah, I would encourage folks if they get the chance to check out uh, when when Auburn uh, heads to Atlanta uh, this fall to, to to play that game. So. Auburn, this would be the second meeting all-time between Auburn and Indiana. Uh, this uh, Auburn lost 107-90 to in the second round of the 1987 NCAA tournament to an Indiana team that would go on to win the national championship that year. Um, a really, really good Indiana team, um, obviously. Uh, but uh, Steve Alford, uh, the leading scorer of that, uh, of that uh, Indiana team that won it all. Uh, Keith Smart was on that team uh, for Indiana. Who else is on that team? Let's see if we have some other names. That's probably the ones that people would be the most familiar with. Uh, but yeah, uh, winning that uh, winning that 1987 national title, that team went 30 and four. So no real no real shame in losing that one if you were Auburn. By the way, according to Wikipedia, 1987 was the debut of one shining moment at the, <laughs> after the NCAA tournament uh, national title game. 